You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Janet Wright, Senior Vice President for Science and Quality for the American College of Cardiology. Our guest today is Greg Dembski, Assistant Inspector General for Legal Affairs in the Office of the Inspector General for the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome, Mr. Dembski. Thank you very much. We're glad to have you today. I wonder if you would sort of set the landscape for us today for physicians and medical professionals and their relationships with the pharmaceutical industry and and the device manufacturers. Sure. From the perspective of the government, we recognize that there are a lot of important, legitimate financial arrangements between industry, and we are primarily talking here about pharmaceutical manufacturers and marketers and medical device marketers and physicians. And we recognize, as I said, that there is a lot of legitimate activities and payments between the two parties, but there is also a very important possibility of conflicts of interest between the financial interests of the industry and the medical interests of the physician's patients. So what we believe is that those conflicts of interest need to be recognized and managed by all the parties to these financial relationships to ensure that the relationships are legal and also do not detract from the medical judgment of the physicians. Maybe you could give us some examples, because what I sense from your comments, and I certainly know in my own professional life, we're in a time of change, not just with our new president, but in the degree of transparency that some of these relationships are subjected to. Perhaps you could tell us some examples of practices that have brought this desire for increased transparency to light. Sure. One of the areas of government enforcement has been under the what's called the anti-kickback statute, which provides for criminal and administrative and civil penalties for basically the payment of anything of value that influences the referrals of healthcare professionals, which touch on federal dollars. So the government has investigated cases involving alleged kickbacks in the pharmaceutical industry as well as in the device manufacturing sector of the economy. And one area that has been the source of significant enforcement in the last year has been the area of hip and knee replacement and repair devices. And there was a series of cases out of New Jersey prosecuted by the U.S. attorney there, four of the major hip and knee manufacturers entered into settlement agreements totaling over $300 million. And what the investigation found was that the device manufacturers engaged in a series of types of consulting agreements with physicians that went where the payments were above and beyond what the company really needed in consulting services from the physicians. And that took the form of many different types of consulting, some of which were for uh, speakers, some of which were to work on development of products, and some of which also were simply payments of gifts and meals and things like that 
where the services provided by the physician did not rise to the level of the amount of compensation they were receiving from these companies. And certainly the increased transparency is directed at identifying those relationships that are inappropriate or illegal, but also helping shape policies as we go forward. Maybe you could speak to proper practices. How can individual physicians, for example, interact with pharmaceutical or device industry in a way that is commendable and actually good for patients? Well, I think that you're exactly right that there's a major trend toward transparency that is being driven from a lot of different sources. And there's obviously a lot of activity in Congress with a, a bipartisan bill to promote transparency with respect to the financial arrangements between industry and physicians. And it's also been a movement from within the medical community and academic medical centers and hospitals, as well as the industry groups themselves. So transparency is one very significant trend. I think that with all of the activity from the stakeholders in this area, there are a lot of resources that are available to physicians to educate themselves on what the issues are and what the risks are. And I think that that's the first step that physicians should take is make themselves aware of not only the legal requirements, but also the significant amount of literature out there that shows that even relatively trivial amounts of compensation or gifts, they do affect how humans act and that does affect physicians. So with respect to your question of what are some concrete steps that physicians can do, I think they can, number one, make themselves aware. There are some resources out there. We in the Office of Inspector General on our website have a number of reports and guidance to industry and physicians about how they can better comply with the law. The most relevant for this discussion is our compliance program guidance for the pharmaceutical industry, which identifies a lot of the risky types of behavior that apply to both pharmaceutical manufacturers, also by analogy, device manufacturers, but it's also good guidance for physicians. In addition to what we in the government have set out, there are industry groups such as the Pharmaceutical Manufacturers Association, Pharma, and the Device Manufacturers Group, AdvaMed, have set out voluntary guidances that also provide a lot of useful information. Although we in the government don't endorse those products, we do endorse the idea of providing more information that can identify risk areas for physicians. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Wright. Our guest today is Greg Dembski, Assistant Inspector General for Legal Affairs in the Office of the Inspector General for the Department of Health and Human Services. We're discussing the role of industry in healthcare and how we're managing conflicts of interest that may arise. Greg, I understand you gave testimony before Congress. Maybe you could give us some insights into that testimony and the points you tried to convey. I testified before the Senate Aging Committee, and the topic of the hearing was focused on device manufacturers and the financial relationships that they have with physicians. So we talked some about the cases that I mentioned earlier, but the basic theme of the testimony relates just as much to pharmaceutical manufacturers and their relationships with physicians. 
And that is that there are these conflicts of interest that exist, and it's the responsibility of all stakeholders, the government, industry, healthcare providers, and physicians to be aware of those risks and try to manage them. We in the government are not looking to eliminate financial arrangements between industry and physicians because we recognize the importance of the work that's done by physicians in developing new devices and getting feedback to pharmaceutical companies and device manufacturers. But there are significant risks that fall along a spectrum from illegal criminal conduct to those that simply subtly and perhaps unconsciously affect the medical judgment of physicians. Greg, I'm going to interrupt you to ask you to expand on that a little bit. The behavioral literature, which shows that even small gifts can influence, and I think most practitioners would not recognize that their behaviors are being molded by these small gifts. And I'm certainly no expert. I'm not a scientist, not a physician, but I have read the literature, and it's really quite compelling. And there was a symposium put out by the Association of American Medical Colleges that had a number of different articles that ranged from different scientific disciplines that showed the neurological and the psychological effect of being the recipient of gifts and the natural human reaction to reciprocate and the fact that that is unconscious. The literature also shows that while physicians recognize that this may be an issue, particularly with respect to other physicians, a very large percentage of physicians do not acknowledge that such gifts and compensation that they may receive may influence their behavior. And I think that that's sort of a natural human reaction we all have, that we don't think we're easily corruptible but the reality is it does affect behavior, and we think it's very important for people to be aware of that. Many of my colleagues who are deeply involved in the continuing medical education part of the American College of Cardiology are concerned about the funding that has traditionally come from pharma and device companies, and I understand there's a great revolution going on now in CME funding. Perhaps you could speak to that. Well, I think this is an area where there has to be a balancing where uh, I think we all recognize the value of continuing medical education and the, the necessity of it. At the same time, when a particular manufacturer is sponsoring that education, there is a subtle or not so subtle influencing in the education that is provided and perhaps the judgments of physicians that come out of that. So I think that there's a lot of activity within the healthcare community of trying to find ways to reduce the inherent conflicts there. And there can be ways of providing the education through pooled resources from many manufacturers that supports the goal of providing education, but does not then link that education to a particular manufacturer or a particular device or drug. We in the government are not in the best position to figure out the best way to do that, as in so many of these issues. It's really up to healthcare providers and the industry, physicians, to figure out the best way to mitigate these risks. You know, one of the changes going on now in healthcare is the increasing engagement of the consumer of healthcare services. 
And I sense that the OIG stands as a protector for the citizen and also the agency that sets the framework or the rules, if you will, for the types of relationships you've been discussing. How engaged do you find the public in these issues? Or, and what would you suggest to our listeners about conversations they might have with their patients and family members? Well, you're right. The OIG has, as part of our mission, we are looking to protect the federal health care programs, including Medicare, Medicaid, and the beneficiaries of those programs to try to ensure that they get a economical and a high-quality range of medical services. And that is a driving force behind a lot of both our enforcement actions and our compliance promotion efforts in trying to provide information to the provider community. With respect to patient involvement in healthcare, that is something that is obviously between the physician and the patient, and we in the OIG don't have a role in that. We don't look to interfere in that. And I don't know that we have a particular expertise in giving advice to physicians of how to deal with the questions that patients may now have based on the current marketing environment that we're in. I guess I would say that because of the attention, these major relationships that should not have occurred, because of the scrutiny that those have been subjected to, and rightly so, it gives practitioners a chance to have conversations with patients about their own contact with industry, how a particular pacemaker might have been chosen for that person. I think the statistics still show that patients and consumers trust their doctors and nurses, and we want to build on that trust by having the authentic and legitimate types of relationships with device and pharma and other members of the healthcare industry. So I I guess what I'm saying is I appreciate the OIG's role in setting that framework and serving as a resource of educational materials for those of us who may not have recognized the conflicts but now want to set that straight. You make a good point, and particularly since transparency is becoming the watchword and will clearly be increasing as we move forward, I think it is important for physicians to be prepared to have those conversations and to be honest and upfront. And of course, it's something that the physician should be thinking about as he or she enters into a financial arrangement. We've been talking about the role of industry in healthcare and potential conflicts of interest with Greg Dembski. Mr. Dembski, thank you for being our guest. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.